Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 43. One big push Royal Caribbean is going with these days is providing internet access while at sea. Some people find it really useful, while others prefer to stay unconnected. Regardless, more internet access is available to cruise guests all the time, and this week, we're going to look at how you can get connected while at sea and see what the future may hold as well. Here we go. Getting on the internet while at sea is something that's been a part of the cruise experience, I'd say, for the last 10 to 20 years for a lot of guests. It's become a way not just get in touch with friends and family at home, but also a means of sharing your Royal Caribbean vacation experience with everyone. Royal Caribbean has also been seeing Wi-Fi as an ever-increasing source of onboard revenue, so they've certainly been doing a lot more to get internet connectivity to their cruise ships so they can increase said revenue. Originally, Royal Caribbean ships only provided really spotty Wi-Fi service in select locations on the ships, and really the speeds were really quite slow. Slow internet speeds have really less to do with Royal Caribbean and more to do how satellite internet technology works. So without getting too geeky, here's how it basically works. On land, there are so many connection points that draw your computer into the World Wide Web, so there's never an issue with speed because you have really a direct connection via land, via pipe, to the backbone of the internet. But at sea, the only way to get internet access is to beam a signal up to a satellite, back to land, and then back to the same satellite, and then back to your ship. It's a slow process, and when you're sharing the limited bandwidth you have with other guests and crew, it can really lead to frustratingly slow connections. So these days, more and more Royal Caribbean ships are getting stem-to-stern Wi-Fi coverage, which means you're going to be able to connect from anywhere on the ship to the internet. Now, it's not going to make the speeds any faster, but it is going to make it a whole lot easier, because before, you had to go to places like the library, the centrum, the Royal Promenade, places that were out of your stateroom that you had to bring a laptop if you had it, or you had to use shared computers. And these computers that were shared, that were available, you could essentially rent, were, were quite terrible. <laughs> they were really old computers. Actually, when I was on Jewel the Seas last September, they had computers. And one time, I was like, oh, I'll just use their computer rather than bring my laptop out. And boy, that thing was just a real pain. And of course, today, people are all about bringing their iPhones, Android devices, all their portable devices that can consume internet access. They don't want to bring laptops. They want to bring these, just these devices that they already are used to bringing and get connections there so they can post their selfies and go on Facebook and all that other fun stuff you get to do online. So speeds, though, are still pretty slow, but they're moving in the right direction. Royal Caribbean is actually experimenting with a new satellite technology that will deliver internet speeds to the ship just as fast as land. Quantum of the Seas, Anthem of the Seas, Oasis of the Seas, and Allure of the Seas will be the first ships to get this brand new technology. This satellite technology was actually originally designed to bring internet to emerging markets like sub-Saharan Africa. But the company's actually found a real market in cruise lines, and it's partnered with Royal Caribbean in this. According to Royal Caribbean, the new high-speed internet connections will be available beginning August 2014, and they really promise to be just as fast as land connections in the sense that you'll be able to upload photos and videos very easily, and in fact, the price will be a lot more manageable. So let's start with how you can get connected on the ship. As I mentioned, some ships still do provide computers that you can use just like you're connecting the internet. There's no additional fee to use a computer versus bringing your own laptop. It's just you have to use their device. Their devices are... Not great in the sense that, first of all, a lot of them, I find them to be old, like they're older machines, so they've been used and abused. But more importantly, they lack a lot of, you know, the basic software. They have a set software you can't install on your own software. You got to use their web browser. It's just not the per- great, greatest thing in the world. But you can use it, and they have availability on most of the older ships. I'm trying to actually think if on, like, the newer ships, like Oasis of the Seas, if they have added 
if they still have those machines. I think they do still have um, internet cafe and you connect to it via these machines. But anyway, they are available to you. You can do that as well. I think most people though prefer to go over Wi-Fi. So that's using like a laptop, a phone, uh, any other a Kindle, any other device you can bring that has internet connection. And you basically connect over the Wi-Fi if there's signal. And on other ships, like I mentioned, Jewel Disease is an example. Is they don't have stem to stern Wi-Fi. They still have only select locations. Centrum, a couple other places and by the pool, I think. And you get connections. Other ships, and in fact, any ship that's had its royal revitalization has already gotten stem to stern Wi-Fi. So this is actually now most of the ships in the fleet. But there's still some that don't have it. So it depends on where you have availability. It's pretty easy to figure out because, you know, if there's a signal, there's a signal. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Now, Royal Caribbean turns the internet connection on basically the first night of your cruise. And once you leave port, it becomes active. You probably don't need it until maybe get an hour or so away from land, maybe even longer depending on where your itinerary is and where you're going out of. Once you're there, you can connect to the signals available 24 hours a day. And you can basically select a plan. There's two different basic kind of plans. One is you purchase minutes. Think of it like the old cell phone plans where you purchase minutes on your cell phone. And basically, once you run out of minutes, you run out of internet usage. And you can always re-up and add as much as you want. The new thing the Royal Caribbean is adding is actually unlimited package. Now, unlimited packages offer you, well, this the name says, unlimited access to the internet. You're not metered by minutes anymore, which is good in the sense that you don't have to worry about, oh, geez, you know, did I disconnect from the internet? Am I spending too much time, you know, going around? Because the thing with the minutes is it takes more time to actually get the connection to go through than to actually upload or download something. So it's not like at home where, you know, you upload a video and it takes a couple minutes. To upload a video on, you know, through the minutes thing will probably take you a very long time because, again, the slow internet connection. So minutes can be very expensive and can add up very, very quickly. The unlimited plan is expensive to start with, but it offers you the ability to use as much as you want. You don't have to worry so much about it. It's especially good for people who are anticipating being connected quite a bit. On my Navigator of the Seas cruise, they've actually added the unlimited internet package. And they're on select ships. I think Allure of the Seas and Oasis of the Seas, the only other two ships that I'm aware of that have unlimited packages. But again, this changes almost weekly. Anyway, on there, you had two packages. One was a regular one-person unlimited internet access for $189.95. And the other one was a access for two devices at one time for $229.95. Now, both options had, if you were a current anchor member like I am, you get use a coupon, and that brought the price down. So the $229.95 package actually came down to $195.46 with a coupon. And again, the difference is you can have two devices connected at the same time versus one device on the $189.95 plan. Depends what you're interested in, how many people are there, whatever. All that kind of good stuff. So that's kind of give you an idea. And of course, the minutes packages are going to be cheaper than that. Depends on how many minutes you get. So you also have the option, of course, of bringing your own devices, as I mentioned, and you can connect from you know lots of great places. It's, what's fun about being connected on the internet is, again, sharing your experience with people at home. You can read the news, check your email, which is always fun and interesting for a number of different reasons. But really, I find being connected to the internet at sea fun because I get to share my experience. Now, obviously, I think many of you have seen my posts and tweets and Instagram photos because you know I'm trying to share my Royal Caribbean experience with all of my Royal Caribbean blog readers. And so that makes perfect sense. But even so, part of me likes to be able to, you know, show a photo to my mother. Be like, hey, you know, we're checking in at Cozumel today. And here's a photo of our family. So, you know, my mom can see that we're having fun and having a good time. We're all safe and all that good stuff. But certainly there's something to be said about that. And it's great to be able to share that with family. I don't really do a whole lot of real world work, you know, my day job kind of stuff. Although that may change in the future. Who knows? But the good news is it's available to me as well. Now, of course, getting connected while at sea doesn't mean you have to use Royal Caribbean. In fact, when you're in ports, the internet offered on land at the various ports you're going to be visiting can often be, and most of the time is, 
cheaper than what Royal Caribbean offers you. A great way, of course, is you can just walk around and usually there's just these days, everywhere you go, especially close to the cruise port, you're going to see signs for Wi-Fi. In fact, a lot of places offer free Wi-Fi if you eat there, like restaurants or bars. If you buy a drink, I think we were in Belize and I had to buy a drink and I got Wi-Fi access for the whole day. So, you know, $6 beer and I had Wi-Fi access the whole day. That was pretty darn cool, I thought. Now, the other thing is, of course, you can ask crew members. Crew members are great at knowing where the best Wi-Fi deals are because, of course, they're here like every week. So they got to know where the good places are because they don't want to spend, you know, $10, $15 a day to get internet access. They want to be able to get the best value. So if you're ever in doubt, just ask a crew member. Say, hey, you know, where can I get good internet connections while on land? The advantage there is, of course, while on land, you're going to save a whole lot more money. You're not going to spend $200 on internet access unless you're on a really long cruise. And on top of that, you're going to get really better connection, in fact. In fact, faster connection. Just as in many cases, the internet connections while on land can be certainly just as good as they are at home, wherever you're from. So it depends on a lot of different factors. Of course, there's a little more hoops to jump through while on land, and you know, you can't take it with you. And of course, when do you want internet access the most? Well, you've got really not nothing else to do, but you know, when you're laying by the pool or you're in your stateroom and you've got time to burn, that's when you really want to use it. Of course, it's when you're on the ship. So Kind of a give and take scenario right there. So at least these days, basically it sounds like internet access while you're on your Royal Caribbean vacation is available to you. It can be expensive, but it's an option. And for a lot of people, they just see it as a necessary evil as part of a cruise because you're just going to pay for it. You know what? Then you can enjoy taking lots of photos and sharing with everyone at home. The good news for everybody, though, is going forward, I think, as we move into the future and we start even this year, we're going to see more and better internet connection available. And as the speeds and, and bandwidth increase, I think prices will also hopefully drop with that. And as we move forward, again, more and more options for the consumer. And if nothing else fails, of course, you always have options in port to get internet access. And in many cases, you can get free internet access while at port. And for everyone else, well, then you can just stay disconnected and enjoy a week of no emails or messages or anything like that until you get back. All right, let's read some of your messages, emails, Facebook posts, everything else that you've sent me this week. We're going to read, and we'll start with some tweets. First is from Jason Poole, who writes about last week's episode about Freedom of the Seas that we preview one of our listener cruises. And Jason wrote, not sure if I want to hear that. I was debating Freedom versus Navigator. Ended with Navigator. June 29th cannot come soon enough. I know what you mean, Jason. It's like, you know, if you, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to choose one option, right? And certainly there's good and bad to both. I think Navigator is a great cruise. And I know that Jason, you love Navigator and it's been a favorite of yours. I can't blame you, especially after the refurbishment. I think you're going to love it. So don't worry about that. No worries about, uh, the choice that you made. Next, we have a tweet from Mike Eads who writes, very excited to listen to your Freedom of the Seas episode also scheduled on Freedom this August. Can't wait. And he posted actually a photo of himself. Pointing to a ship, which I assume is Freedom of the Seas. It looks like it's the ships are pretty far back, but it's a great one. And Michael, I think you're going to love going back on Freedom uh, in August. That's a great option for you as well. We have a tweet from Michael Poole, our good friend. And Michael Wright, great podcast, but I had a hard time sharing my spotlight. <laughs> Michael, Michael, Michael. Uh, what can I say? He likes being on the show. Paul Westbrook tweeted us, thanks for another great show. Marie is taking my exact cruise a month before me. Customize this show for me. Hashtag best cruise podcast. 
Paul, you know, we try to make everything applicable to all of our listeners, except for Michael Poole. So for you, it sounds like we got a perfect show for you as well. So thank you. Let's go to the emails, and we'll start with an email from Chad Nip, who writes, This will be my first cruise as a Crown and Anchor member. I know that I have coupons loaded in my CPass card and embarkation day, as well as priority boarding and welcome aboard party. My question is, as a gold member, are there any ways to receive discounts or onboard credits, or do you have to wait till you level up to get those kinds of perks? I was re-listening to your podcast covering Crown and Anchor, and you mentioned the possibility of layering discounts, for instance, from a travel agent, plus your Crown and Anchor discounts credits, and was just wondering if gold members get that and how I access it. Thanks again for your help. Just want to make sure I'm taking advantage of my newly gained membership. Chad, great question, in fact. And the good news is, yes, you absolutely can. Basically, discounts are available to all Crown and Anchor members. The higher up you are, perhaps the better the discount is, but nonetheless, they're available to you. So... Your question is kind of a, it's a large question, but what you can do is you can definitely leverage the discounts you get with Crown and Anchor Society and what a travel agent gets you. What a travel agent gets you is usually going to be universal, right? I can get it. You can get it. My mother can get it. Somebody who's never cruised the Royal Caribbean. There's a lot of just deals that are out there in, in many cases. So that's going to be kind of something on the side. Now, in addition to that... Royal Caribbean may offer things like they have the savings certificates. Actually, they're not called savings certificates anymore. They just actually changed the name of it. And I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but you know what I mean. They're basically, they're coupons, if you will, that you can apply. They have little codes. And if you, if you're, it's just like going to the grocery store. If you want a particular brand of mayonnaise and that's the one you want to buy, you can save a little bit of money on it. Same thing. So you put, oh, the July 24th Freedom of the Seas cruise. Great. That's the one I want to go on. You, give them that code, you give the travel agent or Royal Caribbean directly, and they will apply it and you can get both things. So I hope that kind of makes some sense. In terms of your onboard credit, you can only get that really before your cruise, meaning you've got to get that when you're booking your cruise. After that, most of the time you're not going to get onboard credit unless you know something happens to you or Royal Caribbean rewards you or in some way. But generally speaking, you know all those things you're getting with your Crown and Anchor Society stuff, that's all beforehand when you're booking your cruise. So when you commit to booking your cruise and you figure out what your onboard credit's going to be, if any... That's what you're going to be getting going forward. Then you can maybe pick up a couple things here or there for maybe your travel agent. But generally speaking, it's not set in stone, but you know, barring any other deal that you run across, that's pretty much going to be what you're going to get. Now you do have those CPAS discount cards and they used to have coupon books and they've largely gotten rid of them. There's a couple of ships still have them. Basically, they load it on your CPAS card, and you actually get a little piece of paper on your first day, and it shows you what all your discounts are, and all I have to do is go to one of the places that you can use them and just tell them you have a coupon. They swipe it, and it's automatically deducted. Very easy to figure out. So I hope that makes some sense, Chad, and if you have any more questions, email us right back, and we'll be able to answer them for you. Next, we have a email from Christopher Percy. Great to hear all the feedback from your listeners. In episode 41 about listener feedback, it was always interesting to hear the different viewpoints and opinions on various aspects of cruising and, of course, the personal experiences are the best. Seeing a celebrity is always fun. I don't know if our celebrity, quote-unquote, qualifies. However, here goes. We had the pleasure of meeting Mario Salcido, who was Royal Caribbean's top cruiser last year, and really enjoyed chatting with him. A very nice gentleman with 700-plus cruises at the time and an amazing story. We can only dream about reaching his status one day. Yes, Mario, of course. Mario is better known in Royal Caribbean circles as Super Mario. I have never met him, but it sounds like he's a very cool guy and, of course, a huge Royal Caribbean fan. So what's not to like about that, right? Actually, funny story about, quick story about the celebrity settings we had a couple episodes ago. One of my friends, Sarah, who actually reminded me we had an almost celebrity sighting. There was a guy who was on our cruise and we thought it was for sure it was, uh, Sherman Helmsley. <laughs> but 
who is the actor known for being George Jefferson in All the Family and the Jeffersons. It wasn't him. It was just someone who looked like him. So we always joke that, you know, oh, there's Sherman. He's at the buffet again. <laughs> uh, I guess he had to be there. All right, let's move on to our next email. It is from Sally. Hey, Matt, loving the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. I'm a longtime listener of you on the WGW Today podcast, and we are avid Disney travelers, 12 Disney World trips, two Disneyland, three Disney Cruise Line, and two upcoming cruises booked. Our first cruise is not until March of 2016. Wow. On Navigator of the Seas. But listening to your podcast makes me want to go sooner. You and your wife should join our group. Six couples so far. The more, the merrier. And we would love to meet you. You could host a live podcast show. Sally, you, you know, you can't, you can't give candy to somebody who's got an addiction, man. I mean, come on. You're, you're killing me here. Of course I want to join you, but there's this thing called money and vacation time. And my wife keeps reminding me that I have limited amounts of both. But anyway, thank you for the invitation. Sally continues here in email. Love all the good tips you offer, especially to a newbie Royal Caribbean cruiser. One request. Could you turn down the music a smidge when doing the listener question portion? I find myself sometimes enjoying the upbeat music and forget to pay attention to the Q&A going on. (laughs) Sally, if this is the worst uh, criticism you can make about the podcast, I take it, but I will definitely turn down the music (laughs) as as someone who might uh, recommend to the kids these days. Turn down that loud music. That way you can hear everything I'm saying and there won't be any issues. But I do enjoy the music too. It's kind of catchy. Next is an email from Alidra Strotter. I'm a new and addicted fan of your podcast. I'm planning on a cruise for my husband and myself and we're currently booked on Explorer of the Seas on December 27th out of Port Canaveral. We requested an outside room and were assigned a room at the very front of the ship. My husband has suffered from seasickness on a small fishing vessel. However, we sailed on Enchantment of the Seas last year, and he never had any issues. I'm concerned that with a very forward room, he may have difficulty. The Royal Caribbean Customer Service agent said there may be more rooms available in September when final payments are due. My question is threefold. Do we need to worry about seasickness with a forward room? What do you think of the possibility of us moving more midship? Will you do a review of Explore anytime soon? All great questions for you. Let's start with the first one. Do you need to worry about seasickness in a forward room? Not a lot. I'll be honest with you. I had a very forward room on Navigator of the Seas. It was literally the all the way forward room on the front of the ship. And I felt more motion in the front of the ship than I did anywhere else, like say midship is an example. Is it enough that like I felt like I was going to be sick all the time? Absolutely not. I think it's something you just feel more motion. For some people, if that's all if that's the trigger you need to feel the motion, then that may be a problem. But if you really need to be seasick, you know, like have it a lot and kind of really going back and forth or up and down, then no. I don't think it'll be an issue. So the thing is I would recommend if anyone has seasickness in general, if that's a concern for you, you should go to your physician, ask them for the patch. I don't even know what the real name of it is. I just call it the patch. It's basically a seasickness patch they put behind your ear. You'll see a lot of other people wearing them. They you get they require a prescription, but they are, they work wonders and people report great success with them. And they're a lot better than say the over the counter stuff like Bonine that can make you, they'll help you with the seasickness, but they'll also make you very tired. And oftentimes you'll have take naps in the afternoon. Remember my, on my wife's first cruise, we gave, we used, I think it was Bonine and she did really, really well. And, but the thing was like every day, like three o'clock, she was down for a nap for a couple of hours. Like it was just like clockwork. So that's why I think the patch is going to be better, especially if your husband knows it's an issue then just get the uh, patch and you won't have to worry about it. If anything, it's just the placebo effect. It's, you know, makes you feel better about it. Uh, moving midship. Yes, the actually the Royal Caribbean person you were talking to is actually very good about that. At When you get to the final payment date, a lot of people who had just deposits down don't actually book said cruise. And so a lot of space opens up. So what you want to do is make sure you call right on that final payment date or that and or the day right after that and see what's available to you. The thing is, 
and I'm not sure how it's going to work. I've never done it before where you get past final payment. Can you change your cabin from one cabin you're already in to another cabin? As long as it's in the same category, I think that'll be all right. You probably want to talk to Royal Caribbean or your travel agent to ensure that's the case. And of course, checking periodically doesn't hurt. It definitely, I think, can happen. And for a ship that's not like in huge demand, like if you were trying to do this on like the Quantum of the Seas inaugural, I would tell you probably not going to happen. But on a cruise like this, Explore the Seas, September 27th is a popular time because it's over Christmas, a lot of people, or New Year's in your case. So a lot of people already have the time off. But I think if you're vigilant about it, you should be able to move up a little bit. And I wouldn't worry about it too much. Again, get the patch, you'll be fine, and then I would just be okay with the cabin. See what else is available if you want to change your mind about it. And will I do a review of Explorer anytime soon? You know, I'd love to do that. I was on Explorer of the Seas. That was my first Royal Caribbean ship was Explorer of the Seas out of Bayonne, New Jersey, many, many years ago. We did it a, I think it was a nine-night cruise from Bayonne all the way down to the Caribbean, and that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that cruise quite a bit. And I haven't been on, that's many, many years ago, so obviously I can't do a review about that anytime soon. But I would also refer you... Well, I would refer you to the Navigator of the Seas live blogs I did because, of course, Voyager-class ships. But, of course, Navigator got a refurbishment, and Explorer has not gotten hers yet, so it won't be necessarily be an apples-to-apples comparison. But I will be, you know, maybe I'll have to take another Explorer of the Seas cruise before she leaves because, of course, you know, she is right here in New Jersey. I live up here in the Northeast now, so perhaps that's an option. Hmm. All you listeners, you're all trying to get me out of my money and ruin my marriage. <laughs> it's okay. I'm joking. I enjoy it, and it's always... My favorite thing is to remind my wife, can we go on a cruise now? Can we go on a cruise now? It's hard. She loves it too. So, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have, right? Lastly, we have an email from Charles Turner. Love the podcast, but still can't remember when Freedom of the Seas is going to dry dock. Was on her in April and want to go back, but we'd love to see her spruced up. We're planning another cruise in the meantime, but loved Freedom. This is a great question. The thing is, Freedom actually got her upgrades. That's right. Freedom was one of the first ships to get an upgrade way back many, many years ago. In fact, if you go to royalcaribbeanblog.com and you look on the right-hand side, I'll put it in the show notes, actually. You don't have to go traversing around the website. We have a page called the Royal Caribbean Ship Upgrade List and Schedule. And this is back in, like, I think 2011 or even 2010. Freedom of the Seas was among the first ships to get upgrades. And you can see the list of them there. And I agree. It's funny because ships that are now getting their upgrades are getting so much better or more upgrades. There's more stuff in their upgrades than Freedom got back in the day. So the thing is, you know, it's, it's always a rotating thing and Freedom's turn will come back around again. There is nothing right now on the schedule for Freedom to get upgraded because of course it has already, you know, Wi-Fi all over the ship, interactive TVs, a nursery. They don't have nearly as many restaurants as some of the newer ships, but they're getting, they have a lot of stuff that's already there. DreamWorks Experience, 3D Movie Theater. So there's a lot of going on the ship. So to answer your question, no, there's nothing planned. Yes, they already had an upgrade. And lastly, expect something probably in the future because, of course, sooner or later, they all got to get improvements anyway. So hopefully that answers your question. And still, Freedom's a great ship, and I would not hesitate to go back on Freedom or any of the Freedom-class ships. They're wonderful class of vessels and a lot of fun to enjoy. Well, you know, of course, we want to hear from you. So those are all the emails I have this week, but I want to hear from you guys. So if you have comments, questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas, whatever it is, ideas for me to go on cruises and... (laughs) And then, of course, if you have ideas for how to afford the cruises and get lots more money, well, that's even better. Uh, if you want to, you know, take me with you, all that good stuff, email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Basically, whatever's on your mind, we want to share it on this podcast. This is your, it's your venue. This is your podcast. I want to make sure you have an opportunity to share your opinions and thoughts. So email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. You can, of course, also tweet us. We are at the RCL blog on Twitter. Facebook, we are facebook.com 
slash Royal Caribbean blog, or you can call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6. That's 408-676-9256. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.